Hey guys, Aussie Firebug here. Uh, just released another article, um, Property vs. Shares, The Ultimate Guide. I, um, I invest in both asset classes, property and shares. I've got three investment properties and about $90,000 worth of ETFs, which uh, when I talk about shares, I really mean ETFs. Um, yeah, so this is a pretty common debate amongst investors. Um, you know, which one's better? Is property better? Shares better? Um, I like both of them. I think they've both got pros and cons. And I ultimately um, wrote this article to try to help out people if they're tossing up between the two. Um, they don't know, you know, what they're going to go down. Um, hopefully, my perspective and my experience in investing in the two can help you guys out make a, you know, informed decision and just make sure you do your due diligence whichever way you go. Um, so I'm not going to go through the whole article, but I'll just do a few pros and cons and just sort of expand on those. If you want to read the whole article, just go to my website. Um, but I'm just going to go through the two uh, and just give you know, share my thoughts on uh, the pros and cons, basically. So <clears throat> it really comes down to my thoughts on this is it really comes down to what type of investor you are with um, property and shares. Excuse me. So there's two types of investors in this world. There's the passive and there's the active investor. Um, the active investor is someone that likes to do hands-on management of their investments and they're, they're willing to do the research and the due diligence required to be successful um, with that investment. Whereas the passive investor doesn't have the time commitment or is not interested um, you know, they, they want to get a good return still, but they don't really care about uh, managing or they don't want to manage. They don't want to spend their time and effort managing um, the investment. And that's pretty much the difference between the two. Um, as you can imagine, property is sort of, you sort of have to be an active investor to, to do property. You can be passive to a degree, like hire people to do a whole bunch of things. Um, but I think if you want to be really successful in property, you're going to have to be an active um, investor. Whereas shares, you can be a successful investor in shares uh, being passive or active. Not active in the sense that you're um, you're actively buying individual shares or something or you're day trading. Um, just active as, I don't know, if you care about your investments and you always want to monitor them and everything like that. Um, you can still be successful in ETF investing. Um, so I'll start with property anyway. Uh, property has, uh, let's go over some of the pros that property has over um, shares. <clears throat> so leverage on a low interest rate um, is a big one. So you can, when I talk about leverage, I talk about uh, buying an asset with a loan attached to it is is it's that asset is leveraged. So you buy a two hundred thousand dollar unit for forty grand. You put forty grand twenty twenty percent deposit down. That is leveraged. Um, the power of leveraging is if the unit goes up by five percent, it goes up by ten thousand dollars. Now that doesn't seem like a lot, five percent. Yeah, that's okay. But really, it went up by twenty five percent in terms of your money because you put down. $40,000 of your own money and now you're controlling an asset that went up by $10,000. So suddenly that 5% turned into a 25% because you're leveraged and that is the power of leverage. 
leveraging and it cuts both ways. If that dropped uh, 5%, you'd be down 25%. So it cuts both ways, but it is better with property because you don't get margin calls like you do in the stock market and you won't get as cheap of a rate um, if you invest um, in the stock market with a margin loan. Uh, Property is the cheapest leverage you can get without margin calls. So that's definitely a um, a pro. The other one, um, ability to physically add value to the investment. This is definitely unique to property. Um, You can't do it with shares. You you just can't do it. Um, You can't go into a business and, you know, physically add value unless you work there or something. But, um, you know, you, you sort of, your hands are tied, you know, it's left to the, you're a shareholder and they've got a board and a CEO and everything. You're, you're really hands off, um, with how the, where the company's going and how they're performing. You don't really have a say in that unless you're a majority shareholder or something like that. Um, but with property, you can physically add value to that asset, which is, such a good way to build wealth. That that method of like doing a you know buying a rundown property and doing it up and selling it for a profit. That strategy has been around longer than the stock market has existed. It's a proven strategy. It would have to be you'd have to be really unlucky, like a a tanking market, like a market going downhill, for you to buy a property, do it up, and sell it at a loss. Like you'd have to be super unlucky for that to happen. Um, it's really you're just it's like a job, really. You're trading your time for money, sort of. But um, super, super um, great way to build wealth. And it's really a proven way to build wealth. Like people, there's so many people that do that. And they just continue to do it over and over again. They get better at it. It's it's such a advantage that you just can't do with shares. Um, <clears throat> third one, skills and experience can be leveraged. Now, this is an interesting one because... With ETF investing, can you really be, can your skills and experience really be leveraged? I don't, I don't think it can. If you're being investing in ETFs for 30 years, are you going to be killing in terms of return? Are you going to be beating the guy that's just picked up ETF investing today? I don't think so. I think you, you should be getting relatively the same return. You might get a slightly different return with the way that you weight your ratios, like your splits. But it's basically going to be the same return, and that's actually a that's actually a strength of index style investing. But the point I'm trying to make is, you can't be a master of ETF investing, and you really can't be a master of the stock market anyway. There are a few people that can, like Warren Buffett and whatnot, but there is such a tiny, tiny percentage of those people that are able to consistently beat the market over a long period of time that the odds of you or me being one of those tiny percent are extremely thin. Now, on the contrary, property investing, however, if you invest in a certain style of property investing, because that's what usually happens with property investors, they become a master in a niche. So they'll become a master in subdivisions, renovations, vendor financing, something, you know, buy and hold. They'll become really good at something and they'll just keep repeating that and Every time they repeat it, they'll gain some sort of advantage or experience or knowledge that they didn't have previous and their returns will go, will be better and better and better. Yeah, they might stuff up, you know, here or there, but you, I don't have the data, but if you could get a list of property investors over 30 years versus 
um, people that trade on the stock exchange over 30 years, I guarantee you that the property investors would slowly, but majority of them would be getting better and better and better returns over that in those 30 years than the stock market traders would. And the ETF traders, like that, as I said before, you can't be a master in ETF buying because that defeats the whole purpose of the whole index um, style investment strategy. Um, so that is unique to property um, when we're comparing these two asset classes. You can be skilled and experienced in property and rinse and repeat your success over and over again and probably get better at it over and over again. Same can't be said for the stock market. Um, high return potential for an active investor. Uh, this basically, all I'm saying here is <clears throat> if you're given the choice between two and you're really willing to put the work in and do what's required to be a good active property investor, you're probably going to blow the ETF investor out of the water in terms of return. And that is just, you, you cannot get around the power of leverage. So if you're able to actually make a profit continuously, it's going to be leveraged, you know, up to 10 uh, times, you know, even more in some cases. Um, I read I read a story about a guy who made money without even putting any money down. He, he brokered a deal. Like, it was just crazy. Um, the amount of money that you can make in real estate is just, it's just more. The, the leverage is too much um, combined with the fact that if you're experienced and you have a skill, like you're a tradie or something, you the potential for real estate is greater. Yes, there's going to be some people that day trade that might, you know, invest in bitcoins or something and make something ridiculous. But on average, on average, the property investor will, the active property investor that does their due, due diligence um, has the potential to earn a lot more money than people investing in ETFs and that's just the truth and I invest in both and I'm leaning towards ETF but that is honestly the truth that um, just for mainly because of the cheap leverage it has the potential to have greater returns um, tax advantages such as negative gearing depreciation um, primary place of residency capital gains exclusion that's that's a really good one if you live in a house for 12 months and then you sell it you don't pay any capital gains tax uh, people abuse that one as well. They'll go in, they'll do a renovation, and then they'll sell it, and they might make $150,000, and they don't have to pay squat in tax. So that's a, that's one that you know that just doesn't exist in shares. Um, good protection against inflation, and the, the volatility is uh, less than shares. Uh, property is like a, like a big um, cruise ship. When it goes down or up, it, you, you think of it turning like a big cruise ship. It It's slowly turning one way. It's slowly turning the other way. The share market is like a, a ballerina. It goes up, it goes down, it goes sideways. It's it's scooting all over the place really sharply. Um, that, like some people that don't, that get, that get scared easily, they're going to, you know, sell when the shares are down and they're going to sell at a loss, whereas property... You might not even know your property's down 50K, you know, like you might not even know that because it's so slow and you can't see it, you know, the, the exchange is so um, accurate exactly what the, the stock sold for. So that's a that's a pro for property. Um, but property has, you know, it has a whole bunch of cons as well. It's an active investment. 
So yes, the potential is greater, but it's going to require a lot more of your time, a lot more of your time, and potentially a hell of a lot more of your time and work. It depends what you're doing. If you're buying new houses and you're doing a buy and hold sort of investment style, maybe not so much of your time. Still going to be some of your time, but if you're doing like a reno, you know, there goes your weekends for the next <clears throat> few months. Um, so it's an active investment. Um, you need a lot of capital to get started, a lot of capital. So deposits aren't cheap. It's, you know, it's, uh, you're going to need a lot of money before you can get going. The buying costs are killer. 5% roughly, and I've bought three properties and that's pretty much held true for all three. 5% to buy sucks. You know, that is such a lot of money to, to, you know, depart with just to buy an asset. It really blows. And two to three um, exit costs for selling sucks as well. So that's so much money just to buy the thing and to sell it, which is why a lot of a lot of property investors, well, they should anyway. If the prop, if the the market goes down, I wouldn't want to sell at all unless I was forced to sell, just because of how much money it it cost me to to buy the bloody thing. Like I'm in it for the for the next 10, 15 years just to get enough returns to, you know, justify the um, 5% buying and, you know, 2 to 3% exiting. Um, so that that that's not, like, that's definitely a con. Um, not diversified, one asset in one location. You know, that's just the way it is. It's, it's one house in one state, in one country. And you would have to be super rich to diversify properly in property, to be able to buy property all over the world, different types of property, you know, that's beyond the scope of what like any, me or any of um, you guys listening probably can do in our lifetime. Uh, loan stress, you know, you got a loan attached to, to your property. Um, I don't know any property investor that doesn't have a loan uh, to their property. Everyone does. Um, that's, you know, might keep you up at night if you're a stress head. Uh, potential for things to go wrong, leaking pipes, you know, dog pees on carpet, house burns down, uh, not very liquid. Oh, this one, this one blows. So if you need to get money out of your property, you know, it might take six to 12 months before you can cash out of that investment. Compared to the stock market, it's like, you know, three days. So that definitely sucks. So yeah, it's, it's a slow, slow investment, um, to get money out. Uh, cash flow dependent. You need a big buffer. So when you're investing in property, you got to make sure you got the money in the bank for for things when things go wrong because things are going to go wrong. Um, so you know, tenants not in, you can't rent it out for a month. Can you afford to pay fourteen hundred dollars a month? If you can't, I wouldn't be investing in property. Uh, do you have a big cash buffer ready there? You're ready for something to go wrong, um, something breaks, fire, whatever. If you don't, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be investing in property. Um, and the last point as well, and this is, this is a big point is something goes drastically wrong. If you make a mistake, you do something disastrous, <clears throat> which you, you should, you know, find an experienced investor and do your due diligence. So this should never happen, but sometimes shit happens. If something goes horribly wrong, it could ruin you financially. Like it could end you. You'd be bankrupt. You can never lose more than what you put into the stock market unless you you're on a margin loan which i don't recommend the worst that can happen when you invest in etfs is you just lose your money okay that sucks you know you might wasted 
five years of your life, okay, that blows. But property, if you stuff up in property, like you're down the shit up financially. That that's a bit scary. So big con, big con. Um, and that's all I had up there for property. And I'll move into shares now. So um, passive investment, very little time and effort involved, less than one day a year. It's so, everything can be automated, basically. The only thing that I don't think can be automated is filing your tax return, which, you know, I'm sure someone might email me and say, yes, you can automate your tax return. But um, seriously, you, you buy this thing and you buy an ETF, you turn on the um, <clears throat> uh, dividend repayment. So when you get paid a dividend, it actually just buys more of the shares. Um and you just chill. You come back like you, you got to lodge your tax return. That's about it. And for 10 years later, you haven't done a thing. You haven't done anything. And you'll see that it's returned a respectable 8 to 9% return over that time frame. That's borderline amazing. You didn't have to do anything. Like there's no, there's no tenants calling you up. There's no, um, leaky pipes. There's no, um, real estate agents emailing you. There's nothing. You just buy it and it churns away and earns you money. Um, I get dividends every quarter and it's seriously like magic. I see this money come into my account. I say, what did I do to, to deserve that? I didn't do anything. All I did was own this thing that pumps out money. It's amazing. So that can't be understated. The passive style is truly something, especially if you've come from the property world, it's, it's such a relief to not have to deal with basically anything. Um, when it comes to management. So that's awesome. Um, extremely diversified. <clears throat> so when you buy an ETF, um, you get a little slice of the world's biggest companies instantly. So for $20, I, I pay on ComBank. Um, <clears throat> 20 bucks I pay and I buy this ETF instantly. I've got, you know, 300 of the world's biggest countries. I've got, I'm a shareholder in 300 of the world's biggest companies. So the diversification is off the, off the charts. Like how would I lose that money? How could I possibly lose all that money? 300 of the world's biggest companies would have to go bankrupt for me to lose all my money. If 300 of the world's biggest companies, we're talking Apple, Microsoft, you know, GM, Johnson, Johnson, Nestle. If 300 of the world's biggest companies went bankrupt or, or disappeared, I think I would, there'd be worse things going on in my, my world than my money. Like there'd be World War Three. Something would be going on for that to happen. So extremely diversified. Low entry and exit costs. I love this. So every time I buy ETFs, it's like $20 a pop. Like my, just under 10000 and it only cost me $20. Every time I sell, it's similar. It's like 20 or 30 bucks. So I can get my money out in three days for $30. If I need to get my money out in real estate, God knows how long, but it could be 18 months. You know what I mean? So that can, that cannot be understated how liquid and how cheap it is to buy and sell <clears throat> with ETFs. Um, easy peasy. I said that before. Um, it's easy to do a tax return as well because everything, all the bookkeeping is like done for you that you can just download all the statements and everything. So you don't need to do bookkeeping, which is, you know, any property investor will tell you that's super annoying. Um, making sure every transaction's accounted for, you know, um, that sucks. <clears throat> Frank dividends is a definitely a pro. Um, I haven't done an article on Frank dividends. I might do one. It's basically where 
an Australian company, only Australian companies this can happen for, um, they pay some of the tax for you. So when you get a dividend, they've already paid some tax. So you get a credit. So when you do your tax return, um, it, in a nutshell, it's just more money. At the end of the day, it's, you get more money. Frank, that's what Frank dividends are. Um, at worst, this is a pro. At worst, you could only lose what you've invested. And that pr- probably helps people sleep at night, knowing that the worst that they can have happen to them is they just lose their money. They don't lose their house. They don't have the banks yelling at them. They don't have this. They don't have that. They just lose their money. Now, that sucks. Don't get me wrong. I'd be like crying, but that is the worst that can happen is they lose what they invested with. And as long as you've got a, you know, the emergency fund, the, you know, three months worth of savings um, in case of emergencies or something like that, you know, that's, there's, there's worse things in life. So that's a pro. Um, the cons can't physically uh, improve the asset. No influence on how your investment performs. If the market is down, there's not much you can do about it. So you're just like riding the waves here. You just got to accept that you're riding the waves. The companies that you've invested in, <clears throat> you're putting your faith in the managers of those companies um, and you're just going with the flow. Um, you can't leverage at the same low interest rate as property and if you do leverage, you get margin calls. Um, the, vo- the volatility is a lot more than property. So it can go up, it can go down, um, even ETFs, even ETFs. Like you've seen what happened with the um, global financial crisis. Down, 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 down they went. Um, so, you know, if that scares you, if you're not that sort of investor, um, then, you know, property is, is better in that aspect of volatility. But, um, <clears throat> you know, if you, if you understand index style investing, that shouldn't be an issue. But I know, um, sometimes emotions can get the better of people. Uh, fewer tax advantages than property. That's just fact. Um, and that's basically it for, for property and shares. That's all I got for the pros and cons. I got, a, I wrote, wrote a whole bunch more in the, the article, but, um, that's, that's the main, main ones. Um, and so ultimately, you know, which one is right for me? Which one should I invest in? <clears throat> My opinion is it all comes down, like I said at the start, to what type of investor you are. Are you an active or passive investor? Now, Ben Graham from The Intelligent Investor, he, he describes the passive investor as, he, he calls it a defensive investor. And he says, the defensive investor is unwilling or unable to put in the time and effort required to be an enterprise investor. Instead of an active approach, the defensive investor seeks a portfolio that requires minimal effort, research, and monitoring. Beautifully said in that quote. I would guess... 95, probably even more, 95% of people are passive investors at, at heart. Even if you think you're an active investor, are you going to be an active investor for the next 10 to 15 years potentially? Think about how old you are. Because for me, like I'm an active investor at the moment, but I am slowly moving towards passive because I know that kids are going to come on the scene Uh before I probably sell any of my properties, am I really wanting to have to deal with property problems on four hours sleep? You know what I mean? Like, 
yeah, I'm, I'm an active investor now. And when I was even younger, I couldn't get enough of it. Like I was, I'd research four hours a night. I'd, I'd look at every trick, every book I could get my hands on. I wanted, you know, to know everything about the area. I had so much free time that active investing was easier for me. But the more, the older I get, the less important those things or my time is being pulled away on other things. So eventually I'll end up a hundred percent ETFs. I got no doubt in my mind that I will. Um, so it's just something to keep in mind that you might think you're an active investor now, but are you going to be an active investor in three, four years time? And then what's going to happen? Because you, you might have to fix up that house or you might have headaches to deal with that you don't have to deal with. So just keep in mind that things might change. Um, but if you are an active investor, so I think the answer is obvious. If, if you're a passive investor, you can't really go past ETFs. You just can't. There's, there's too many good things that they have going for them <clears throat> that suit the passive investor style. It's just it really, I can't see how you couldn't go ETF in, or index style investing if you're a passive investor. If you're an active investor, there's a whole bunch of asset classes that you can invest in. One of them being property, but even if you're an active investor, even if your heart is set on property, that's still not enough for <clears throat> what I think for you to do property. You've got to ask yourself a, a bunch of questions. You've got to ask yourself, do you have a whole bunch of capital lying around for the deposit? How's your cash flow position? Could you afford to pay an extra $1,400 a month when you don't have a tenant in? How stable is your job? Do you have a big cash buffer in case anything goes wrong? These are just some of the questions I would ask myself before um, if I was to buy another property. Um, and even after all that, I've got to weigh up, you know, do I want to be actively managing managing this investment um, going forward? And then if the answer is still yes, then I would look into property and I'd, do my, I'd research the hell out of it because that's what I do uh, with every deal. Um, whereas ETFs, you don't need to research you know, you, you need to get your allocation right, but there is no research involved in ETFs. It's so, so low. <clears throat> the the It's so passive. And the beautiful thing about ETFs is you could be a complete novice and get a great return. That's a beautiful thing. Um, property, you're really going to know your stuff. You, you're really going to know your stuff um, and you've got to do your research. Um, and that's about it. Can't think of anything else. To say, uh, you know, drop me a comment on the comments, give me an email, let me uh, hear your thoughts. <clears throat> if you disagree with something, I want to hear about it. Um, but I hope, I hope you've taken something away from this um, and I hope I've you know, brought something to your attention and ultimately um, assisted you uh, in the uh, in the in the purchasing of one of these two asset classes being property or shares so uh check out my site guys www.aussiefirebug.com um yeah i'm on there on, on the forum boards but uh yeah pop in and say hello and i hope you've enjoyed this episode cheers